Have you ever noticed how we're different and the same and the same and we're different and we're different and the same? All kinds of people, all kinds of people, all kinds of people in the world. Now, on the Talk of Muncie, WMUN, all kinds of people, hosted by Dr. Joe Mashevitz. Getting to know the people of Muncie and Delaware County, Indiana, in a way you've never heard before. It's another way we're using our voice to build our community from Woof Boom Radio and 92.5 FM, 1340 AM, WMUN. Here's your host, Dr. Joe. Well, good, good morning, everybody. Welcome to all kinds of people, and a special thanks to Dan Reidenauer, who I think might have run all the way down here to the studios, but Dan, welcome to all kinds of people. Oh, it is my pleasure, my pleasure. Thanks for making the time to come in and just kind of chat about Dan Reidenauer and where you grew up and what early years were like. Um, I, I want to start off with the running, because... I know you ran this morning before you got ready for this interview. So where did the running all start? Do we go back to elementary school? Do we go back to high school? Uh, no, I was involved in sports, but I was not member of cross country or the track team. So, um, but I, the the reality is, my father had his second heart attack when I was about thirty five. And because it became pretty clear we were predisposed to have that possible condition, uh, I decided it was time to start taking care of myself. I was definitely a more of a workaholic, didn't really take care of myself, was about 15 pounds heavier than I am now. So okay. I, was, uh, I was about uh, 185, uh, currently about 170. Uh, and I just decided it was, it was time. And so I just started. I just started running, and uh, eventually worked up to where I ran a 5K for charity, and kind of got the bug. You really got the bug, from and what I understand. Yes, I did. I did. <laughs> so you go from 5K, and then you do a 10K for charity, and then you talk to a friend, and they say you should try the mini, uh, the indie, indie sure. mini. Uh, and so I did that, and it was over at that point. So I run about four times a week, okay. uh, pretty much every week. And uh, have done a lot of running. And, and, and so I really enjoy it. I don't run with music. I, I like to ponder. I like to think about the day, about the previous day. So it's kind I'm of your time away it is from everything my time. else just to get out there and do yes. that. And is this kind of a year-round thing? It is. Okay. It is. I will run outside. I prefer to run outside. We have a treadmill at our house, and I'm also a member of the Y, and so I can go to the Y as well. But I prefer to run outside. I like to be out in nature. Okay. Um, we live right on the Greenway. So we moved to a house that it's 28 steps and I'm on Perfect. Uh, the White River Greenway, uh, which connects to the Cardinal. So uh, it's, it's very convenient. As long as it's about 10 degrees or above, I always go outside. If it gets below 10 degrees, I kind of make a decision depending on sure. the length of time I'm running and so forth. But yeah, I, I enjoy it. And have done a lot of competitive events and have only won one in my life. And it was here in Muncie. But chalk it up. That's fine. It counts. <laughs> Thank you. So in the early days growing up, you were involved in sports? 
Was that a family thing? Well, my dad was not really into sports. He was a pastor. He was a minister. And, uh, but I was always very uh, competitive, but also enjoyed the athletics part of it and, and the outdoors. So I played football and basketball. Um, and uh, my brother played baseball and uh, basketball. So a little competition going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've always enjoyed it. Uh, basketball is my favorite sport. I was probably better at football than anything else. And speaking of basketball, yeah. um, coming from Detroit, I'm a Pistons guy. But oh, my. <laughs> you and the Pacers have quite a long history. In you terms know, of we do. We do. I, I'm, I, I don't even like to calculate the the dollars involved but uh, i have been a pacer season 30 some years right uh, it's 41 now 41. i'm in my 41th year 41st year of season tickets with the indiana pacers now depending on tuition with children who are now all out of school yes. uh, i've had seats in the upper level <laughs> lower level but <laughs> upper level during tuition oh, times man. but uh yeah we're we're we, i love my seats now i'm aisle one row 17 lower level. Do we have pictures of Reggie Miller all over the house? Oh, there, I, I have a lot of Reggie stuff. Yes. Those were some great years with the Pacers. I just, I just am fascinated by that length of time. Um, and obviously, since you played basketball, you clearly kept an interest in it. But like you said, to, to have it for 41 years. Yeah. Uh, it was Clark Kellogg. Clark Kellogg's rookie year. In 1982-83, that season, or 82, that 82 season, when Clark Kellogg was a rookie, that was my very first year of season tickets, and I've had them every year since, and there have been some horrible Pacer seasons and some wonderful, wonderful decades of very competitive teams. So I I enjoy basketball, uh, and uh, I can't imagine not having season tickets. I will tell you it's pretty convenient now. Uh, I only go to about 15 games a year. Okay. I was going to wonder, given yeah. your schedule. Yes, did you, I go I'm, to about 15 games a year. And the way it's set up now, it's it's so easy to sell tickets. You can just click the button yes. on the Pacer site, and they'll put them out there. And, and uh, so and, uh, uh, I, I sell a lot of games. And there was a time when I, I put an ad in the Indianapolis paper to find people to buy tickets and packages. And and some local people here would buy some, but uh, it's a digital world. It's a digital right? world. It's very easy now. Very easy to do. I know. What else in high school were you involved with beyond those sports? Yeah, I was involved in speech. Uh, I was involved in theater. But I will say that uh, my high school senior year was during the oil shortage, and I know a lot of a lot of our events uh, got canceled. But I also played cello. I started playing. I played piano starting at age five, uh, and started in middle age five in elementary school. Started string bass and then switched to cello in junior high. And was uh, there a piano in the house? Oh yeah. Yes. In fact, I still have that piano. So uh, I, I have that piano now. It's been gifted to me from my father passed away a couple years ago. That is so. And my cool. mother. Yeah. So I, I have that same piano that I played as a as a child. Uh, but I played cello, so I, I was very much, uh, I love classical music. Um, I love the counter melodies. If those who are involved in music understand what I'm talking about, I often don't know the words, but I will hear the different 
the different counter melodies that are going on behind the scenes, which is often a part that the cello would play. Uh, so we need to get you and your that. cello out to the Masterworks Corral <laughs> and get you set up to do a little bit of there that. That would be cool. <laughs> what else beyond the music? When you mentioned theater, were you involved on stage with theater? Uh, well, I was going to be the lead, but the, the event got canceled. I was uh, typically for the musicals. I was in the pit band, so I was okay. I played for the musicals. So I rem- let's see, we played, we did Hello Dolly, we did The Sound of Music, we did Annie Get Your Gun. And I don't remember what the fourth one was, but I wow. still love, I love musicals. I love, I love music. It's a, it's a wonderful outlet and it's something that brings people together as well. Yeah, it does a great job of that because I, my involvement with the Masterworks Chorale has been really good and I just love what those citizen groups come together like that. It's yes. so cool to do. Yes. Um, real quickly, um, besides that music and theater, any other side interests? Oh, I, I, I played football. I was very good at football. Okay. Uh, what position? I, a wide receiver. Okay. And I will, I'm happily to, happy to say I never dropped a pass that touched my fingers. Um, I unfortunately did fumble twice uh, my sophomore year. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't letter in football my sophomore year. I was two quarters short. But I played a, I played a lot. But so, um, you were running all the time. I, I, I was. I, I, so I enjoy football. It's what I had the most success at. But we'll be back in just a minute and um, join with Dan Ridenauer again to kind of continue our chat. WMUN's All Kinds of People. Back to Dr. Joe. Welcome back, everybody. Dan Ridenauer, the mayor of Muncie, Indiana, is our guest today. And um, we've been chatting about high school activities, about the cello, about theater activities, about running activities, about his love for the Pacers. Um, I'm kind of curious to know what ventured you off to author some books, because I guess being on the academic side, I'm quite aware of the need for authoring in academics, but that's really a time-consuming thing. And I noticed that they were really devoted to financial matters and credit scores. So how did you get interested in spinning that off? Well, during my years in banking, um, I would come across individuals who needed help with their score. Uh, And I really started looking into, uh, I looked at the, the credit score, and it's, I don't view it as a true representation of a person's character. When I started in the in the lending industry, there were the three C's, and you made individual decisions about people uh, as to whether to make the loan or not. And it had to do with collateral. Was there collateral to secure the loan? Was there capacity? Was there enough income to make the loan? And then what is their character? And you'd look at their credit file. Well, now part of that disappeared. Once the credit scoring started coming in, they use a formula it's a FICO, so Fair Isaacs created it. The FICO score was created. And it. I just. I would see an application come across my desk, and they had a 640 credit score, and I would approve a loan for a 7% interest rate. And, then, and they'd never missed a payment, but their score was only 640. I, someone else would, the application would come across my desk, and I'd approve the loan, but it'd be at a 6% rate instead of 7% rate because their score, their credit score was 740. 
and they also hadn't missed any missed any payments. So I looked into what does what determines the credit score and found that only 35% of the score on a FICO score has to do with a person's pay history. 65% of the score has to do with factors that have nothing to do with whether a person pays their bills or not. So what I became committed to do uh, was to help people improve that 65%. Which... What, which the the easiest one, the, and what I cur- uh, often tell people to do. In fact, I had somebody over the weekend who's wanting to start a business, and I said, "Do this two months before you go in to apply for a loan, and then your score will be higher." Uh, the easiest thing to do is to take your credit cards out of your billfold, turn them over. On the back, there's an 800 number. Call that 800 number, and say this. Don't say anything else. Don't say you're trying to raise your score, but say this. I have to write this down. Thank yes, you, this you, is it, it's in the books. It's a, it was in all three books. But the best thing to do is to call them and say, uh, and talk to a person. Don't apply online. And I know that's not how some people want to do it these days, but talk to a person because you can get an emotional decision. Uh, talk to the person and say, I have been a customer of yours for a long time. I'm thinking about making a purchase, and I wondered if you would increase my credit score. What, what, I'll just give you an example. I had somebody with a 640 credit score, and they needed to be at 660 in order to get this loan. So they were turned down if I hadn't helped them. So I had this guy do this. He only had three credit cards, a younger guy, uh, and two of the three increased his credit score. Well, what I know is 30% of the score has to do with your balance ratio. So it looks at what is your balance compared to what's your available credit. And the more unused credit that you have available, the higher your the score. Higher score goes. It doesn't matter whether you pay it or not, but if somebody will, and what they did is one of the credit cards took his credit limit from 2500 to 5000 and another one, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it raised him to like 690 uh, because his percentages of usage were different, and it happened in 21 days. It showed up on the credit bureau, done, score was higher, I made the loan. So, where did this passion come from that would lead you to actually take well, the time actually, to author to, some to books? Be, to be 100% upfront on this, yes. I had a business that failed, uh, and it wasn't my business. I became, I started as an employee. Okay. I had great success. They made me a partner. That company then got sued. This was back in 1997, 1998. Okay. So I was a 10% partner, had all this stock, had, you know, on a private company that was going to go public. There was some type of activity that had happened a couple years before I even started working for them. They got sued. The company went bankrupt. Um, so that impacted? It impacted me. My score, my income went, you know, from up to low and... Uh, it created all kinds of challenges. I actually invested some of my own funds trying to keep it going, and it was a big mistake. I would not recommend people do that. Uh, but I needed to build my score back up. So okay. that was one of the things that caused my passion. Uh, and I know that other people are in situations. Sometimes you see it's based on uh, a divorce, and it was always frustrating. Somebody would come in, and their spouse always handled the bills, male okay. or female. They always handled the bills. And the other person really just didn't know what to do. So I just started helping people. And some of the people, and I was working for Mike Lunsford at the time, uh, some of the people would say, it'd be nice if we had this in writing. And I started doing, I did a little presentation for the realtors, and they really liked it. So I, I put it all down, 
And the next thing I knew, I wrote a, I don't know, a 100-page book on some techniques to make it, uh, to increase scores. Um, and that and, that's how it started. And did all this come about at the time you spent at IUPUI? No. The interest in financial? This was, this was, this was long after my long IUPUI after that, time. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is, this is, so no, I, I wrote these books, gosh, what was it, 2000, 2004 okay. through, through 2010, but I've really enjoyed helping people because most people think that if they pay their bills, they have a good credit score. No, if they pay their bills, they have good credit, yeah. but not, not the score, 65% of the score has nothing to do with whether you pay your bills on time. Okay, and along the way, by the way, you took a little time off to be part of an IndyCar pit crew. I did. What was this all about for three years? <laughs> well, you know, one of the things people will would like maybe not know necessarily about me is I'm very consistent, uh, and I I follow through. Um, you talk about 41 years with the Pacers season tickets. Well, 41 this, years with the Pacers. The same thing with IndyCar. I have been to the Indy 500. My dad was the pastor, as was the minister at Speedway Christian Church, which is at 14th and Winton, which is about five blocks from the Speedway. So my brothers and I, we would park cars because they didn't have church on Sunday race day. We would park cars. I was there. just going to ask if you were skipping church to go. Well, to we had Thank church you, a different day because yeah. we used that parking lot to fill up and raised money for the church, and then we got a commission. We would then walk down to the oh. track at ten and twelve years of age, and uh, buy tickets from scalpers and go to see the race. And so uh, I have had race tickets for decades as well, uh, and I decided. You know, something, a bucket list item for me would be if I could be on the pit crew at the Indy 500, and I tried to figure out, how do I make that how happen? How do you do that? Well, so here's what I did. So I contacted uh, Cahill Racing. At, they were out of Iowa, and they had a car, uh, didn't have a driver. Well, I connected them with a driver out of St. Louis, Robbie McGee, uh, and I knew I knew the, I knew Scott Trade. I knew Roger from Scott Trade, the owner okay. of Scott Trade, and I connected them, got the Scott Trade sponsorship on the car, the pit crew. and that got me as part of my compensation. <laughs> I got to be on the pit crew. So well, I just was quite curious about this pit crew time for three years. Thank you. And, and I assume at some point in time you're going to go relax and watch Ghostbusters and Lord of the Rings and <laughs> your favorite so, things to watch after your busy day with city government. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. so cool. To, and, oh, don't forget Andy Griffith, too. we got to watch I, Andy Griffith. I do. I, I call it the Barney Five show, personally. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Dan Reidenauer has been our guest today, and I totally appreciate you taking time away from City Hall to come and chat with us and um, not only about our finances, but about pit crews and this love of the Pacers. It was so cool. Thanks again, Dan, for coming in. Um, make it a good 2023. Oh, thank you, Dr. Joe, and we greatly appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been WMUN's All Kinds of People with Dr. Joe. To hear this episode again 
or any other, hit soundcloud.com slash WMUN radio. This has been a presentation of Woof Boom Radio and WMUN 92.5 FM, 1340 AM. The Talk of Muncie.